Hello, hello. How's everybody doing out there? That's right. We're talking some shit on Tuesday. That's right. <clears throat> Back at it. The OG show that got everything started. Uh, today, what I wanted to concentrate on mostly was coyote swaps. It is a very popular thing now because a lot of people, let's just say if they can afford to swap a modern engine, namely new stuff, because let's be honest, most of the people out there that are swapping coyote stuff in a junk, they, they, they go the cheap route. They unfortunately take the LS template and they use it in a coyote swap. And in my opinion, that's something to be avoided like desperately avoided. So <clears throat> because swaps, in my opinion, are going to be the future, it's going to be more prevalent. It's going to be something that's going to be more normalized. I thought we should dedicate a stream to coyote swaps specifically. Now, again, I'm not going to be super specific with anything because we can get way into the weeds and I'd like to just kind of keep it on the general side of things. But <clears throat> I want to talk about what you can do with swaps, what you can't do with swaps. There was a comment on one of my videos that a gentleman said, Alex, What's the big deal? You don't need to have a Ford Racing control pack because I said that Ford Racing does not offer Godzilla swap manual trans tuning. It's OBR junk and then some other <clears throat> non-existent coming soon 10R140 Godzilla tuning. He goes, what's the big deal? You think everyone gives a fuck about uh, OEM computers? Didn't you ever hear of Holly? And that person, that person right there has no idea what they're talking about. So I wanted to dedicate a stream to swaps, what is possible, what is not possible, what's popular, the way you should go about it. But before we do that, let's have Mr. Bill O'Reilly say his thing. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live, fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. That's right, Bill O'Reilly said it sucks. And you know what, he's 100% right today. We'd like to thank the sponsors. That's right. Everyone paid their bill. I am happy these guys paid up. Two Auto Solution. Two Auto Solution. Rami Zaidan. He just found out today what a GT350 can make on 8 PSI. 8 PSI E85. What do you think it made? Race Motive. Race Motive. He's going to send us some shirts. So we're going to have some shirts from Race Motive to give away on the stream. Thank you very much, Mr. Daniel. DNA High Performance, DNAHighPerformance.com, your go-to online parts house tied to this program, DNA High Performance. PartsFarm.com. Skittles is ready to get sold. Man, I wish I could afford it. I mean, I can afford it, but man, it'd be rare, ir irresponsible to buy a 2020 GT500. Performance, Performance.com. Again, I'm waiting for the rain to slow down and for me to have a day that is not hot as fuck. Ultimate Header, UltimateHeader.com, Ultimate Header on Instagram, PMAS, Nick James, PMAS, Fenderwell is the only cold air you should have because you can grow with it. Calumet Transmission, CalumetTransmission.com, Calumet Transmissions on Instagram and soon to be doing installs. They offer vengeance, vengeance clutches. They offer installs, MT82s, Stage 3, 3160s, T56 Magnums, TR6060s, you name it. They got it going on. Let's say hi to the people. Then we'll talk swap stuff for an hour and a half. Douche did it. Oh gosh, it's not coming up. Why is it not coming up? Okay, let me let me do it again. Uh, copy, do 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 do. Beep up, bop bop bop. Come copy paste. Da da bop 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 bop. Douche did it. Hey, there's douche did it. Evil horse, 2000 MCR. Joe Swish, Money 540, Robo Style, Bryson Wick, Gallo Bravo, Coyote Fury, Darren Harper, Angel Porrico, J J Murph, Beach Ruviate, Two Ruviate actually got up. Shit. 
that's enough of that. How do you become a premium member? You pay on the join button. Five O Darius, Anthony, Javier, Mach E, John Shoemaker, Ray Ray, Mach E, Troviate again, TJ Sikorsky, John Shoemaker, HCFU, Grant Vilfez, Brian Three Cobra, JD Swag, Troviate, and Bryson Witt went after it, apparently. Uh, done, the Black GD500. Oh, hey, man, I'm sorry, man. I, the Black GD500, I'm not I'm not ignoring you, dude. I am just... Swamp isn't even... It's ridiculous how busy I am. I will get on your podcast soon. Uh, Gregory Upvich, D-Rock Fox, Clean93GT, Kaz, Destin Morrison, Black GD500. Again, there is some cool stuff. Money540, John Shoemaker, Toro Viate is a little too chatty on the chat. Travis, Mongo Brian, Mongo Brain, Chris Jameson, Nices and Buys, Plies, Slow, Tony Dominguez, Cito, Johnny, Izzy, Abel, Omar, Jared. What's up, Jared? Hey, Jared, I think I'm tuning your car. John Bailey, 101RTR, Nat Jew, Leon Phelps, Laura T, Boosted G3, Any Black Betty, Dustin Garrison, 5-0, Run It. Uh, Rocco 101, Elver Galarga, a fast rider, Mike, Mikey Fit 50H or 50, sorry. Um, Jesus, I got like dog hair on my face. Agent Orange, Timmy T, Timmy T, uh, Blue 99, Boosted G3, Freedom Rider, Ruben, Chris, The Wolf, Mark, Pacho, and all the usual suspects. Okay, let Jeremiah Camp, what's up? You still working up at uh, Utiki? Uh, Laura T is in the house. Oh, Laura, look, it's a girl. I'm, if there's a vagina on the chat, I'm doing okay. So, Swaps, swaps, swaps. Let's talk about the most common swaps that I've seen, the common swaps that have success, and the swaps you should avoid. Let's just get this right off the bat. A Gen 1 F-150 motor is not a good viable candidate to do a swap in. Can you do it? Sure. Is it cheap? Sure. But in my opinion, a Gen 1 F-150 with F-150 cams, and then you swap out the intake cams, and you stuff it in a Fox body, Sure, it'll make a little power, it'll be zippy, but in my opinion, it is the weakest of all the swaps. Just the weakest. So in my opinion, if you can avoid an F-150 motor because it's low compression, you gotta change the cams over, and you're and they're probably gonna give them to you for cheap. So the cost versus know-how, this, that, that, that has to be pretty skewed, meaning cost, the lower the cost, the higher your know-how has to be. The more the cost, the less your know-how has to be. So understand, someone says Laura T's lady T. So understand that just because the swap is cheap does not mean it's right for you, especially if you are not up on the Coyote game. The Gen 1 F-150 motor is the same as the Gen 1 Mustang motor, except lower compression and the intake cams are different. So you're going to have to reconfigure a whole bunch of stuff just to get that sucker running well. I'm sorry, I don't think it does have different uh, firing order. I think it has the same firing order, but lower compression and intake cams are not as efficient. You can literally put some Mustang intake cams in it, but the lower compression and the, the way they're used. If you see where coyotes live their life, and if they live their life pushing a 59 or 58 or 48 or 5,200 pound truck all over the gravel yard, all over the construction site, that is not the engine you should be putting in your car. If you can find like a U-Haul engine, like I would avoid those like the plague. I just don't think that's a viable engine to swap in. Again, lower compression and intake cams being different. So you're going to have to swap the intake cams to have... Good power, swap the intake manifold, but in my opinion, I would avoid those like 
the plague. I would not even touch those. Now, it, very difficult to find Gen 1 Mustang Coyote engines. But in my opinion, that's the one. If you, if, if you have an F-150 motor here and a Mustang motor here, Gen 1, and the Mustang motor is $1,000 more, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's been in a car that probably weighed 3,500 pounds and you can roll the dice whether it's been beat to, to be within an inch of its life or not. I'm, I'm going to sneeze all episode. I got dog hair all over my shit. And I think you'd rather, I'd rather risk a Gen 1 Mustang motor than a Gen 1 F-150 motor. Gen 2, Billy Badass, King of the Hill, the best out there, in my opinion, by far, the most desirable engine. Gen 2 F-150 is also a very good motor. Firing order is different. Cams aren't that bad. So in my opinion, a Gen 2 F-150 motor is a very good motor to get for a swap. It has the same horsepower limitations as Gen 2 Mustang motor. It also has a wider tuning window because it has slightly lower compression. From 11 to 1 to I think 10 to 2 or 10 to 1 or whatever the hell. Now that gives you a little more, let's say, tolerance on pump gas. You could probably get away with 12 PSI on pump gas with a slightly lower compression. And the truck engine might love it. The Gen 2 F-150 motor. The cams phase similar as Gen 2 Mustang cams. They should not cause a power loss. We have tuned stock motor gen 2 f-150s that's right stock complete long block gen 2 f-150s with single turbos to run well into the eight second zone in a rear wheel drive setup so that tells me that motor is just as capable as a gen 2 mustang motor so do not be afraid of a gen 2 f-150 motor Firing order is different, so you're going to have to get with power by the hour to make it all work. It more than likely needs an engine harness that has been repinned in order for it to work properly on a, let's say, Ford Racing control pack. I would absolutely avoid getting a crank a pallet from any F-150. Why do I say that? The tuning, the tuning, the tuning. Gen 2 F-150s, if you get a crank a pallet and you get a Pats Delete, it's slightly limited. I'm not saying it's not possible for us to do stuff and avoid Gen 1 F-150 computers, period. They have a hard-coded limiter that needs to be patched for it to be removed. So avoid Gen 1 F-150 computers. Gen 2 F-150 computers, they don't really have a rev limit issue, but there are different things in that calibration. So your tuner can't just stuff a Ford Racing, Ford Racing file in it. I mean, if he does... I don't know if it'll be compatible, but in my opinion, tune it like a truck, pats off. Some of the programmers might be able to make that work for you. But again, Gen 2 F-150, do not be afraid of that. Different firing order, great cylinder heads, good cams, just a little lower compression. Don't be afraid because it has the same power limitations as Gen 2 Mustang motor. Gen 3, same compression, different firing order, F-150. So again, we're talking Gen 3 F-150 motor, same compression ratio as a Mustang motor, 12 to 1 compression. Probably the most desirable truck engine would be the Gen 3 truck engine. But for tuners, for the people that know, I think the Gen 2 platform, when you want to make boosted power consistently, I think is a better setup. So if you're going to swap your vehicle and you find a Gen 2 F-150 setup, let's say 6R80 and Gen 2 motor, Pick it up because they're going to probably give you a slight break on that. 
Gen 3 motors are pretty plentiful out there. They're all the same compression. They all make good power. But again, the tuning is going to be a little bit of an issue. Now, Gen 3 Mustang motors, vetted Ford Racing Control Pack, manual, auto, 100% vetted. So if you can swing a Ford Racing Control Pack, a, four, a Mustang motor, with a Mustang 10R or a manual behind it with the Ford Racing Control Pack, I think it's your best bet, in my opinion. Now, we're gonna get into the weeds here. I apologize, but I just, again, if you need to reference anything in this video, you're gonna have to jump around. This is not in any order. I probably can make a Coyote Swap video, but Frank Perdomo, when he was working at Power by the Hour, I think did the best job of covering it. <clears throat> Holly, big stuff. Uh, you name it, FuelTech, even MoTech, yes, I'm about to say this, cannot control the 6R80 as good as a Ford racing computer can or a OEM computer can. Sorry, yeah, I know. You saw some guy with a MoTech runner number. I don't care. None of them have run sixes with a 6R80. Hell, I don't think any of them have run consistently sevens with a 6R80. I think Jim Brom had a Motec, but then he just went turbo 400 with the bitch. He said, fuck it, turbo 400 because he was sick and tired of blowing up 6R80s. So in my opinion, there is nothing out there, Holly, FuelTech, Motec, anything, in Alex's opinion, that can do anything to control the 6R80 better than a Ford OEM computer or a Ford racing or Ford performance computer, which is basically the same computer as stock just paired down to not have ABS and body control module bullshit in there. It's just a paired down, simplified harness and computer. So in my opinion, that's the most trouble free way of getting your car tuned by a tuner is a Ford racing control pack compatible motor engine and setup 10 R six R gen one manual Ford performance has one gen two is I think exclusively PBH. I'm sorry. Gen one auto is exclusively PBH. So gen one auto, I think is only PBH gen one manual is Ford racing. And then everything else is covered by Ford racing. So swaps that we have done that I think are so vetted that we don't need to do anything, but literally put the cake in the oven and turn it on. I am saying the bake, the, the cake is baked. And Junior made this uh, analogy on the, on the uh, group the other day. It's not like every calibrator sees the recipes and puts the recipes together and then puts it in the oven. No, it's done. The recipes have been mixed in the bowl, in the, in the sheet, and all you got to do is put it in the oven and hit on. It is not like a calibrator can actually jack up unless they go out of their way to jack it up or unless the combination isn't vetted. Every Whipple combination has been vetted. Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3. Every turbo combination has been vetted. Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3. Every centrifugal combo has been vetted. Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3. Now, unfortunately, what people do is they get fancy with their swaps because they don't want to be told what to do. So they start doing some weird shit. They start putting the blow-off valves after the mass airflow sensor. Can't do that. 
they start putting the mass airflow sensor in the middle of a bend because they're limited by room. Can't do that. They put the cold air right in front of the fan because of limited room in the engine bay, especially on 60s Mustangs and Superformance Cobras, Backdraft Cobras, Factory 5 Cobras. Can't do that. When you do a swap, this is what you're going to have to do. Go over to a Mustang, an OEM Mustang, and open that hood. Look at that configuration. Absolutely mimic what they have going on. Look at their engine bay. Look at the cold air and ask yourself, why did Ford do all this crap? Because a lot of people come from the Fox body world or the swap world where they don't care where the mass airflow sensor is located. Ford's care. And that is the most important thing. I've had customers that have done some of the most wonderful fabricating I've ever seen only to then negate the most important aspect of a swap mass airflow sensor location. I don't care how good you can weld. I don't care that you got pie cuts all over the place. Pie cuts are stupid. Okay. Just mandrel bend some pie cuts, just more weak points. And then they go, here you go. And I go, yep, no, that's not going to work. That mass airflow location is no good. And then they get mad at us. And I go, you should have hit us up before you went on a rant on Instagram showing everyone you laying dimes down only for them to your tuner to say all that shit was for nothing. So the mass airflow location has to mimic as close to a stock vehicle as possible, meaning no direct airflow. Get it away from heat. No turbulence. No stubby filters. Mass airflow sensor cannot be too close to the throttle body and cannot be too close to the mass to, to the filter on the cold air. You absolutely have to hit us up. If you are thinking of having Lund Racing tune your swap car before you build a cold air, email us. We will not only show you pictures, we will tell you what works the best for us because at the end of the day, if it doesn't work for us, we're not going to hack around the file to make it work. We had a customer about five years, uh, four years ago that had a square, square intake tube. Now, if you know anything about how math curves work, when someone introduces a square intake tube into the equation, now the air is coming in super turbulent. And I've learned a lot with the Corvette about turbulent air entering the math, just the slightest bend and clocking of a mass airflow sensor makes the biggest difference. And Anthony, that's exactly what I did with the red car. If you guys have seen what I've done, like really think about what this channel has done in order for me to get you guys information, black gen one, red gen two, <clears throat> White Gen 3, Gen 3 truck, GT500, Coyote swapped Fox. I, like I've done it all in terms of covering the bases, Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3, 10R, MTD2, 6R80 swap, boosted 6R80 swap. Like I, I've literally done it all. So I kind of know what I'm talking about when it comes to experiencing the issues. So the moment you start making square cold air intakes, I'm going to have issues with you. If you guys follow this, and the thing is that carries over to the OEM side of things. Not only do I see a lot of similarities with how the OEM, or let's just say factory equipped Mustangs tune based on the cold air layout, 
But when the swap guys get fancy, that's when they run into trouble. And then when their egos get checked, that's when we really have an impasse. I have a customer right now. I think is Gary. He, he <clears throat> redid his whole turbo setup. Last year, that guy with a 4R200 entered no prep events at my disapproval. I said, no preps are whack. No preps are bullshit. Don't go to no prep. Went to no prep and won. So, hey, he's got something figured out. Redoes his Pro Charger setup to a turbo setup. Same tune. Did the mass airflow location somewhere we liked. The same tune I tweaked 20% fuel. He's done. Tomorrow we're going to get on the dyno, do three hits. I bet you that sucker's going to be within 5%. That guy has a positive swap experience. <clears throat> but the people that get egos and start saying, I already built it. I already built it for the customer. Every car that I've built has a similar cold air. Well, you haven't built Coyote swaps and you haven't dealt with the tuning on Coyote swaps. So you have to listen to the experts, which just happened to be Lund. So in my opinion, the most popular swap or the swap you should go after is Gen 2 F-150, Gen 2 truck, or Gen 3 F-150, Gen, uh, sorry, Gen 2 F-150, Gen, Gen 2 Mustang, Gen 3 F-150, Gen 3 Mustang. Those are the most vetted combos that can allow you to make up to 900 horsepower without touching the motor or springs as long as everything is built properly. And the tuning for all those combos has been super vetted. So do you guys have any swap questions? Do you want to talk about cam? Do you want to talk about phasing control? Do you want to talk about operating systems that are the most popular operating systems to use? We'll talk about the swap uh, talking shit uh, show today. So yeah, get your swap questions out. We'll definitely uh, hit those up because I think shows like this need to be done so that the swap customer that is now going to be a very popular thing because of the new stuff. Look, I told you guys to hold off on 21 Mustangs and try to make big power on them. I told you guys that NA guys keep buying 21 Mustangs and I say, I don't know what you're doing, bro. You're going to get gapped by an 18 and 20. Why is that? Access. And they don't understand when I say access, we don't have access to everything as if on 21 plus, like we do 18 to 20. So there you go. Um, a P0021 is your only fault. You would have a cam crank alignment issue. Okay. But Alex, they don't want nobody telling them what to do when anyone breathing down their neck. And look, if you're a swap customer and you have a, a shop, a body shop, <clears throat> or a business that makes or does coyote swaps, don't get mad when the tuner tells you everything's wrong because unless you spoke to the tuner first, like I tell people all the time, JLTs are fucking trash, but they don't listen to me. So they install JLTs in their car because it looks pretty. Then all of a sudden, I have a customer that goes, I installed the JL2, JLT Series 2 in my car, and it's super sluggish. I go, right, because it's 98 degrees outside, and you're sucking in engine bay, math wash air, and ambient 98 degree air. How do you think that intake is going gonna, is gonna to like those? How do you think the car is going to like sucking in 125 degree air and try to combust it properly? Meanwhile, the stockholder intake has a clean, smooth MAF signal, zippy throttle feel, and you took it out because you wanted an open-air element with a big old 120-millimeter hoss at the end of the bitch. So, Coyote swaps are the same way. You have to get it away from the fan. If you have your cold-air intake anywhere near the fan, please get it away from the fan. Stop with this right-in-front-of-the-fan stuff. 
the, the, the cold air intake has to suck air, not get air blown into it. And we've proven that over the radiator intakes are the gayest shit. Putting a bell mouth at the end of your over the air, over the radiator intake is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. There is no benefit. Oh, I see a pound of boost. No, you just see math turbulence. The motor can't suck in as fast as the math is seeing air. So guess what? You're having that they're having an efficiency problem. Imagine the engine that's right here is sucking from a tube that's 120 millimeter. And then you are forcing air into it. And the mat and the and the, and it's not set up for boost. And it is it is a turbulent. Have you ever seen like uh, a wind tunnel, right? You ever see a wind tunnel? <clears throat> when the airstream hits certain parts of the car, it creates a low pressure area in certain in certain places. So when you have a Belmouth at the end of it, what you're doing, if you were to take two streams and a fan in front of a theoretical, um, let's just say a theoretical wind tunnel that allowed you to see the airflow across, let's say 120 mile an hour air hitting a Belmouth, you see two low pressure areas that cre are created right before the suction. And if you were to see what's happening at the mass airflow sensor, it is turbulence and it does not see any more power. Everyone thinks because you put a bell mouth on the bitch, it sees the most power. Meanwhile, meanwhile Robert Ball proved five years ago that if you have a cold air intake inside of a massive sealed box and lets the engine sample air from there, you will have a better air charge than a bell mouth open over the radiator intake. It has been proven so many times that when I tell somebody that's not going to make one more, one more horsepower. It's just going to give you a placebo effect because you feel that it is sucking right from cold air. I'm going to say, no, if you were to put a theoretical wind tunnel in two streams, you're going to see two low pressure areas and it is going to cause turbulence, turbulence. But what the hell do I know? I'm just some dumb Puerto Rican on stream. <clears throat> you go, you ain't going to race with your hood open. So probably closed, but the people that do, there is a trend The NA guys, they don't not only put hoods, they don't put fenders and they don't put front ends on their car. Aerodynamics apparently don't matter. Imagine you're such a dumbass that you take aerodynamics out of the equation because you think you're going to go faster. Like aerodynamics matter. The way the air is funneled into an air box matters. The moment you negate the aerodynamics, you negate Ford's million dollar process to funnel air properly into the engine. Some dumb motherfuckers out there. Something amusing seen yesterday, AEM made EV branch and was advertising the C10 EV swap. I don't care. <clears throat> Fender wall intakes are always and have always been the best way to go. Absolutely. Two streams, one cup. Alex, I've seen colder intakes that have a bell mouth inside the filter. Does that also make affect the math data? Well, the thing is, Alfredo Diaz, the bell mouth is behind a filter. <clears throat> so it kind of just straightens out the air that the filter made turbulent. You know what I mean? Like the air filter sucks in air and the bell mouth, I would say, chases it in nicely. But when you have an open bell mouth and the first line of defense, because when you look at a filter, right, what's it look like? It has a taper. 
right? A filter, let's just say you stick your filter out of the outside of the car. Now you have a taper and that taper cuts through the air and it creates a path for the airflow to get into the cold air. You're punching a hole in air and you're creating a path. When you have a bell mouth, what's punching the hole in the air? The bell mouth. And what do you think is happening around the edges of the bell mouth? Turbulence and weird low pressure areas causing just weird vortices to be introduced into the mass airflow sensor. How do I know that? Because when I see a data log of a over the radiator intake going watt at 120 miles an hour, it looks like a heart attack. And I'm like, why is it like this when a turbo math that sees 1200 you know, horsepower, worth of horsepower, over 860 pound on the, uh, on the math and over 13 Hertz, it is flat as can be because it's pressurized. It isn't turbulent. Imagine a water pipe that is full of water and no air bubbles, right? That water is going to flow smoothly down that pipe. Now let's introduce cavitation. Let's introduce a bunch of air bubbles based on inefficient pumps causing cavitation in the same pipe. Tell me which one you think is going to have a smoother flow. Similar concept in my opinion. <clears throat> See, Mid Midnight says, what intake would you recommend for a Coyote Swap truck? Deal PMAS, PMAS, PMAS. It's just a matter of where you put it. You can put a PMAS intake on a swap and really jack up the math signal if you decide to put it somewhere where the air is seeing it directly or let's say on the fender well, but let's say there is no um, liner, fender liner, and the air entering it is doing this, and it's trying to make its way make its way up into the fender well, coming down from the street, and it's doing this, where in my opinion, it shouldn't see any direct airflow. It should just have the least amount of restriction around it to let it suck as much as it needs, as long as it's not sucking in, hey -o, engine bay air. Sealed air box for the win. The factory engineers knew what they were doing. <clears throat> Just figured out that PMS makes an intake for my slow marrow. I know what intake I'll be buying. I think Rotofab is also a well-known company for the Camaro stuff. Um, I don't know anything about Rotofab, but LMP of MD seems to like them very much. And they're the only Chevy shop that I know that has credibility behind its name. By the way, did you see the video? Did you see the video of him getting another 80 horsepower out of his Global B equipped the uh, black wing, cool, cool shit to see. So check out LMP of MD. And by the way, everyone that on Sunday stream that went to good enough performance and actually subscribed, shout out to you. He has 492 subscribers as we speak. And if you guys could do me a solid, if you have not already gone to good enough performance and gotten him over 500, I want him to start making money. Joe is one of the better coyote tuners out there. So if he can get monetized and get about, 10, I don't know, a thousand hours or whatever, watch his videos, like his stuff, and he'll be able to um, start tuning and upload stuff. So good enough performance. I worked with him at VMP. So give him a nice little uh, shout out over there. And let's see what um, LMP of MD, LMP, uh, late model, late, late model performance. Let's see what they're doing. They got 15,100 subscribers. Good, good, good to see. And this is the video where they're actually tuning a black wing. So check, check them out. They got some good stuff going on. But back to the swap stuff. Let's go back to the swap stuff because I want to, I want to make sure we uh, stay on the swap subject today, <clears throat> so we can answer some questions. 
Yeah, a mini bike. See, a lot of people don't understand that airflow and, and uh, uh, fluid dynamics are similar. So if you have a compressor map, meaning a if you can read a compressor map from, let's say, a turbo. Have you guys ever seen a turbo do this? At 7 PSI, let's say it makes 600 wheel. At 10 PSI, let's say it makes uh, 780 wheel. And then one more PSI, 11 or 12 PSI. Now it makes 820 horsepower, or I'm sorry, let's say another 100 horse, like 890 or 880 horsepower. So if you were to look at that as a layman and you go, wait a minute, from 10 PSI to 12, I was seeing 20 horsepower increases per PSI from six to 12, I'm sorry, from six to 10, from 10 to 12, I am seeing 100. So then you, you, you get greedy and you keep turning it up, turning it up. And let's say theoretically you have enough octane and fuel delivery to make as much power as you want. Eventually you'll get diminishing gains. So now you have literally mapped out the compressor map where it is most efficient, where it is the least efficient. So you see that a certain power level, the compressor map is at its peak efficiency based on, um, impeller speed based on, uh, what do you call it? Back pressure. It's just a happy turbo setup. Fluid dynamics are exactly the same. There are, there is a, a correlation between, uh, a pump curve on the fluid side of things and a, and a, and a compressor map on a turbo. So if you understand the, the, the fluid side of things, you absolutely understand the airflow side of things. And I've done that shit for 15 years, but again, everyone here thinks I'm just a, you know, dumbass yellow douchebag that doesn't know anything. And then I start talking real terms. Like I guarantee right now on the stream tomorrow, some guy at a shop is going to listen to it and he goes, everything you said was right. And he's going to be surprised. That surprises me that they're surprised. Matt Class says, deal. I got a, I got a P0021 code on my Gen 2 F150. Whipple swapped New Edge. Car idles and starts fine. Lund says log looks good, but unable to do the pull to 5K RPM. Any thoughts? Brand new crate engine from PBH. Okay. Gen 2 F150 P0021. So if you have a P0021, let's Google that real quick. It says A camshaft position over retarded okay a couple of things could have happened let me ask you a question matt class did you have power by the hour install oil pump gears before they sold you this engine yes or no i'm waiting for matt class's answer um so what to say here good enough performance hello everyone just tuning in was talking to my old man before was was taking my old man nap before dinner air is in fact a fluid john shoemaker says so alex are you saying that four spent millions of money on r&d when jlt was able to do the same thing by buying a pcv pipe at home depot and only spending 5k on their r&d exactly air conditioning compressor maps are the same way it's just if you size up an air compressor that is inefficient you will see that sucker running non-stop and it will never cool the place properly and then someone will say you undersized it then when you have the other uh the other thing where you oversize it and it's just too big and it's just it's just like overkill now i don't know how that will affect your let's say your electric bill if you have an insanely oversized overcapacity uh, air compressor for a certain size, let's say 8,000 square feet or something. I don't know how that'll affect it. Cause I don't know that much about air conditioning stuff. Matt class. Did you 
do the OPG and crank sprocket or did you have power by the hour do the OPG and crank sprocket? <clears throat> been super busy with work and haven't been able to catch a live, says Matt2011GT who donated $50 to the kid. Always watch replays and appreciate all the content. There is a possibility, Matt, although very rare, that PBH messed up the OPG install because they have to now go ahead and take out the all the chains, install the old pump gears, crank sprocket, and retime them. There it is. Okay, so Matt Class, there you go. So this is what you do next. You hit a PBH. If you have a over retarded now, is your name on the ticket system Matt Class? It is. I gotta look it up real quick. Look at a log. But if the, if the tuner says the log looks good, it might be one phaser is struggling to keep one under phasing, and maybe the phaser looks uh, on the log looks fine. But it is very possible that if you ordered a brand new motor from Power by the Hour and you had them install old pump gears in a crank sprocket, that they might have timed one of the cams wrong. <clears throat> Oversize will kill the unit fast, I believe, says Kellen Stock when it's when he's talking about air conditioning. Some of these names are cracking me up, says Laura T. Get ready to get uh, hounded by guys trying to find out who you are. Don't don't they freeze from running too often? It turns on and off too fast and won't dehumidify. God, air velocity equals low pressure. Well, okay, let's just say then high pressure, right? Let's say high, let's say, no, because let's say you have velocity, yes, and low pressure, and then you have turbulence. What I'm saying, and, and you're right, if those areas on the Belmouth, then look at the Belmouth from the side, and the top and bottom, or and the sides, all create vortices around the lip of the bell mouth and then the the mass airflow sensor goes i don't know what the hell i'm sampling then it wigs the hell out that's what she said ayo yes sir the code says over advanced bank two matt class your next phone call to make is to power by the hour and say hello power by the hour i believe one of my cams is over retarded because i'm getting a p0021 code the motor was literally dropped in after i had you guys put in oil pump gears and crank sprockets Please advise as to what to do next. They'll probably say, get the work done, and they maybe reimburse that. You know, they, they might do that because Jake is uh, the kind of guy that'll take care of you for life. He's not going to say, rip the motor out and send it to us because that's that's not that's not reasonable. Chris, keeping up with the Joneses, says, FYI, Alex officially starts with us next Tuesday. He will now tune you by request, says F-U-C-K-L-U-N-D. Uh, sent screenshots of the codes and everything with the logs in the ticket system. Okay, so his name is Matt Class. So I'm gonna I'm gonna probably shit on somebody here and probably step on toes. But let's look up Mr. Matt Class in the ticket system. Matt Class. Matt Class. Matt Class. Uh, London the Coyote Swap today at 104. 104. Who who's doing you? Okay, hey yo. So we got a calibrator. Messing with you, so we're gonna go to TDN, right? TDN is Matt Class, so Matt Class. Let's go to TDN. I'm doing it live because I want to help the guy out because I want to see if you can figure out his issue. Um, and it might have been an oversight. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say. You know, we're not perfect, but neither, no one's perfect. But look, if, in my opinion, how you get taken care of after the fact is is more important because a lot of people take your money and dip the hell out and not help you out. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make sure that. Um, there is a little checks and balances situation going on here, and I want to make sure he uh, is taken care of. So Matt Class, Matt Class, come on, Matt Class. Why do you say classic? Okay, C Control V. I'm I'm just sick of doing Control C Control V all day. 
no matching records. So I will go to your email. And you, oh, it's Matthew. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's Matthew. Okay, okay, I got it. I got it. Okay, so hold on with me, guys. I'm going to figure out his issue right now because that's, that's, how, that's, that's the kind of show this is. Trying to help a brother out. <clears throat> there you go. Matt Class, let's look at a couple of your logs. Logs. You got, let's look at log number seven is the most recent log. And let's see what's going on here. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to step on toes, but, hey, I need content. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's, uh, log seven. Here we go. And boom. Um, let's look at your intake camp. Okay. According to the logs, they're where they should be. Intake cam angle is at 30 on bank one. Intake cam angle on bank two is at 30. So now the issue is going to be this, Matt Class. The logs look like the cams are in a happy spot. But you're saying you're getting retarded codes. I know one of these, you're, you're lean as shit. Um, yeah, you're lean as shit on one of them. So I don't know what's going on there. So according to the logs, there is nothing that is super apparent on the situation, although you're having an intermittent kind of like fueling issue, it seems. So let me look at log number five. Let's do it live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. And log five, your cam, you were not recording with the right, you were not recording with the right configuration file. But it definitely looks like fueling is way off on bank one, 1.56, and bank two is 1.23. So you're definitely having some fueling issues. But according to the logs, it does not show a cam being way out of position bank to bank because if you had a cam out of position, intake cam bank one would be at 12 and intake cam bank two would be at 30. But what we see as tuners is 30, 30, 0, 0, exactly where they should be. So if anything, I would hit a power by the hour. I would let them know what your the issues that you're having and see what they can do for you because I think they have other ways of verifying some stuff. Pumps and compressors have an efficiency range high and low in which they should be operating. Correct. So a lot of people don't, don't even take that into account when it comes to swaps and when it comes to anything. A lot of people just say, I'm going to get 6872s because I went to a no prep and that guy was, was running with 6872s. Then they, then they lock the cams. And that's the other thing. A lot of swap guys lock the camps. You got it. You got it, Matt Class. Thanks to you. I'm working with them now. Lund asked me to do a compression test. There you go. That's all good. That's all good advice. Do it all. And we just want to make sure that no one's toes get stepped on and you get taken care of. All we want is for you to get taken care of. So let's say you go to a no prep event and you're looking at um, Chuck's car. Let's say Chuck is street outlaws and he's got a Coyote Swap Fox and he's got 64 66s precisions, power glide or turbo 400 with a reed case, locked cams. And you go, that's the setup I want. So then you get an F-150 motor, you lock the cams wherever, and then you get 64, 66s. And you say, this thing doesn't spool. Alex, this thing doesn't spool. I'm like, why would it spool? Where'd you lock the, you locked the cams. What angle did you lock them out at? I'm supposed to lock them at an angle. And by the way, we're going we're gonna to have a conversation about degreeing cams right now. If you degree the cams with a degree wheel, believe it or not, you're gonna be blown away by me telling you this. You might be doing it wrong. Now, the only reason I say that is this. When I see a locked cam car, it still reads cam position. 
if you have a locked cam coyote and you keep the sensors in it, I can see where the I can see where the cams are positioned forever because they don't move. They're locked, right? We know when we phase the cams where they're most efficient. So when I see bank one and bank two have a four or five degree difference, I go, what happened? And people say, I, I'm an engine builder. I've been building engine for 15, 20, 30 years. I degraded with a degree wheel. It's right. Well, guess what happens when a customer listens to us and we say, take the intake cams and move them until the reading reads this and magic 20 horsepower shows up. I'm not saying you're doing it wrong, but what I'm saying is when you lock the cams, you might want to give with the tuners. I understand ego, ego, ego. And I get it because if somebody started to look, I'll give you an example about ego, a 3160 customer, a 2018 Mustang, 3160 transmission customer got tuned months ago. One of his buddies got tuned by another tuner. Not a tuner we know, just like an in-house, you know, does one car a week type thing. My tuner did not have cruise control in, I think, fifth. His buddy's car with the same transmission, same year car, had cruise control. So the guy emails me and says, Alex, I don't mean to be this guy, but my buddy has the same transmission, different tuner. The tuner gave me the min maxes for the 3160 to be able to get cruise control. Did I go, man, fuck your guy. I said, let's, tr is your, is his an 18? He said, yes. Is his a uh, performance? Yes. I sent them a tune with the gear ratios. Another tuner sent him no ego because now if it works, it ain't on me. If it doesn't work, I mean, if, it, if it works, he's happy. If it doesn't work, it ain't on me. So when a, let's say an engine builder is degreeing cams and shoving them when, cause he has, you know, he has all this vast knowledge. Well, how the hell do you know wherever you're referencing that cam at is proper? When then the customer gets the car, we see the cam angles jacked up. We say, ah, tweak it this way a little more live, like tweak it this way. You don't even got to take the whole front cover off. Just take the cam covers off, loosen the phaser. Eek, 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 eek. Let's party. And they do it. And the car picks up 20 horsepower and it spools up faster. So we have to have a conversation, in my opinion, with engine builders that degree locked cams on coyotes. And they should put it somewhere that the tuner Lund Racing. I don't know about any other tuner. I don't care about any other tuner. If Lund Racing tells you to put comp cams 433-430 at this angle, you just do it. Because we have so much data on those because we phase them every single way on the planet that we know where it's going to be most efficient for your setup, for spooling, for drivability, for chop, you name it. Would there be any reason I can't make the pull? It's just odd that the TDN shows no mill, possibility everything's good, like you said, and it's just a false old code. Does fueling need to be adjusted? Pulls were, pl plugs were sooted up. According to what I see, you might have a bank-to-bank -bank issue also. I'm going to look at the logs right in front. Okay, so 
You got something going on on bank one, hardcore, sir. So let's do this. Bank one. Yeah, bank one is jacked up, meaning passenger side. Something is going on on passenger side. So if I were you, let's start with taking the O2s, right, Mac class, and swap them. Just swap them. And if the Lambda reading follows to bank two, we know it's a bad O2. Or you could just throw new O2s in it and forget it, but that's like 80 bucks, so I'm trying to save you some money. You could say, hey, I was on Alex's show and I swapped the things bank to bank because he says bank one is 1.5 and bank two is perfect. What do you think? But the cams don't show that much of an issue, especially on log seven. When I look at log seven, right here, let's look at log seven. Banked, oh dude, bank. I don't even know how this thing's running. They're pegged at 2.0. So you you have 60% fueling issues? Yeah, you got issues, brother. You uh, Let me see. Driver demand. Uh, throttle is 1.0. You're, you're hitting the pedal and it's not doing shit. And you're, you're super lean on bank one. And then the fueling comes back at the end of the log. But bank one is way jacked up. 1.8 lambda on bank one where bank two is 1.0. But at the beginning of the log, neither of them were picking up anything. So you might have electrical gremlins. We, you're saying you have a, only a cam code? You don't have a lean code? You should be having lean codes up the ass with, with that stuff that's going on right there. Can a 21 F-150 be tuned with an N-gauge? No. So 21 and up F-150, the nice, nice thing about the 21 up F-150 is when you send the computer to HP tuners to get unlocked, that is now an unreadable computer. And whoever tunes it could just put a tune in it and that sucker just does its thing. No, it cannot be tuned with an N-gauge. Again, sauce is up to 2020. Anything past 2020 is not saucy. It's difficult. It's limited. It's not... Like, you guys think that it's the same? People go, I'll just buy a 2022 Mustang. It'll be just fine. No. It is limited software-wise, just like the F-250 is limited software-wise. So if you want the most potential out of a platform, you got to just buy 18 to 20. Forget the other stuff. Screenshots should be there. Yeah, okay, I don't want to get on the, the, whole chat, the whole show being diagnosing your setup. Uh, a compression on the far side. I'm glad to see that. Let's see, let's see what the other one shows. Okay, I'm looking at his screenshots. Um, everything's incomplete. <laughs> everything's incomplete. Yeah, signal biased lean bank two, signal biased lean bank one. You have like massive lean issues and you have a Intake camshaft timing over advanced bank two, but it doesn't show that in the log, unfortunately. It just doesn't show that in the log. But again, work with your tuner, but from what I can tell here on the log, the person tuning it was on the money, and he, he doesn't see anything in the in, in the cam side of things that could be an issue. Check your four systems ground. Hey, that's not a bad idea. Not sure if the dump valves can be done on a 10R80. Honestly, um, that's a good one. Is a bolt-on 10R80 F-150 as quick as a bolt-on 6R80 Mustang? 
Uh, boo, that's a good question. Uh, yeah. So my red car was a bolt-on Mustang. Uh, the red car right here. And it was an 11-1 car. So how many 11-1 bolt-on F-150s are out there that are not running nitro? Because these guys run nitro. And they tell you NA pumped gas daddy. And it's a nitro-filled M5 truck. Lying. They're all lying to you. I appreciate you, Theo. You've done enough. Much love, brother. Yes, sir. You're definitely having fueling issues. So I'd look over your fuel system first. I'd look over your O2s. I'd look over your electrical. It looks like it's being uh, a weirdo. Ray Ray says, Gen 3 single turbo, 8582 T4 takes long spool. I do have boosted converter and stage 2 comp cams. Well... It, again, now, this could be mechanical. See, a lot of people want to... Gen 3 single turbo, 8582 T4 takes long to spool. I do have boosted converter and a stage Gen 2 com cams. I'm telling you, I don't know who built that. Is it an on-3 kit? I have an on-3 customer, and he spools up quick, and I don't do anything crazy with the cams. Now, Ray Ray, is your tuner understanding that you're trying to spool it do you have a trans brake because you know what i had to do to jake's truck for it to spool up on foot brake situations i had to lean it out that's right it was going into 0.79 lambda when you floor it so a lot of people they foot brake it and at a certain throttle position it goes into enrichment and the problem is if it's too rich the turbo won't spool up so what i did on jake's truck is i went up two points of AFR every couple of thousand of RPMs. And we got to a point where he can foot brake a single turbo truck with a stock converter and leave in about five pounds of boost. So it could just make sure you tell your tuner, by the way, tuner, I'm trying to spool the truck and it's a slow spooling truck. Can you help? Josh Schumacher says, Alex, just curious because I like to problem solve. Can you just run a 21 Mustang GT with an 18 ECM? Nope, not at all. You can't just swap ECMs from cars to cars. You just can't just go, oh yeah, here you go. No, you can't do that. You can't swap PCMs from an 18 to a 19. And you can't swap PCMs from a 19 to a 21 or a 20 and a 21. Especially an F-150. It's a completely different strategy. Do you guys have a lot of people hitting you up about M5 nitro tuning? Yep, and it's stupid. And it's just stupid because a lot of people don't understand that the M5 nitro tuning hurts your motor it's nitro do you think that's just gonna run fine i tell people can you afford to replace your motor no then why are you running nitro or any mix of nitro when you need id 1700s and a return fuel system and a cold plug like an ngk 6510 for that bitch to run okay unreal 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 I've already talked about this Jersey 5 uh, 2020 GT500 to me are aids uh, when it comes to drag racing. If you want to road race that car, you better lighten it up because it's too heavy. But in my opinion, roll racing and drag racing, that car's a dud. Well, any of your cars a 10 FL 2K or Mod Nets? Not my cars, but I think the Black Bean should be ready and maybe the Grey Goose will be ready. We are completely reconfiguring the Grey Goose. I'm tuned with Lund when we tran break at 3,900, says Ray Ray. Oh, okay. So let's uh, hit up Lund again and say, hey, Alex says something about leaning it out a little bit. Maybe the, maybe the tuner will argue with you. But the tuner should be able to help you with uh, some fueling issues to see if it helps up spool faster. 
Um, Matt Class says, Cody's bank too, but Alex is showing bank one fueling his way off. Pull plugs today and very black and covered in soot. So remember, when you have air fuel run lean, it might be unburned gas because <laughs> what the AFR gauge is for burned gas. Unburned gas might show up lean. Where do you buy a Gen 1 and what's the max miles you would accept? Um, a Gen 1 Mustang motor? Honestly, the best bet to buy a Gen 1 complete Mustang motor is going to be places like the parts farm. The parts farm usually parts out some Gen 1 Mustangs. And by the way, the parts farm is a sponsor of the show. So let's go to the partsfarm.com and let's see what they have going on. So let's go there and let's check out what they got going on. We'll do it live. As always, we, we do it live. We got to make sure we do everything live here at the parts farm. That's right. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. There you go. So, <laughs> contact us, da, 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 da. drive trains, shop now, meaning crank a pallets, you name it. A Roadrunner sold out. Scat pack. So here we go. Gen 2 complete Mustang and transmission kit. Everything. A crank, a pallet situation. Look, it's a stock motor. That's good. It doesn't have a JLT. It doesn't have a PMAS. So you, and look, it has everything stock. It has a stock air tubes. This is a great candidate to get because I'm hoping that they did not. Look, it's got the sound tube. Bro, you know this engine probably wasn't beat up. Again, this is going to end up being $10,000, you know, $11,000. Um, Gen 3 motor uh, and auto. So Gen 3 10 or 80 motor and uh, trans, uh, let's say 11.5. Uh, and a Gen 1 motor... Look, a Gen 1 motor with an auto, 7749. Whoa, guys, seriously, a Gen 1 complete pullout. Ho! I mean, and it does, it, this one doesn't have the sound tube and looks like it has some mods to it, but I'm telling you, if it's got oil pressure and no ticking, there's your $7,500 engine and trans kit and. They work with power by the hour, so they might send you, look at this is what it comes with. Engine, injector, uh, harness, computer wiring harness, trans ECU, underhood fuse box, everything. Engine, computer with pads deleted. Guys, everything. Look at that. Bro, just hit up Rob Bowen. So I'm telling you, stuff is out there. You're just gonna have to pay you know, good money. Um, 15 to 17, Mustang Coyote engine manual, 7,700. Gen 3, 12.2. So look, Parts Farm has a, they even got Cobra shit. I think they even have a Voodoo. Look, they have a GT350 complete pullout with trans. All the nannies, the pedal, the whole nine yards. You're going to be paying like 19,000 bucks for this. Yeah. So look, the stuff is out there. You just have to pay. Like, the, like, like it, it's out there. Just pay for them. Pay for the stuff. But yeah, shout out to the Parts Farm for literally having everything what we were just talking about. I mean, look. If you if you're figuring your budget is ten grand for a drivetrain, that is, let's just say you're not rolling the dice because the parts farm probably can have a thing running for you. Hey, the parts farm, do you have a running crank a pallet situation? Actually, yes. And then he'll private message you a video of this thing idling, la 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 la. Shows you old pressure, shows you the oil, shows you the spark plugs. It's better than risking it at a junkyard when you've never heard the motor. So I would, I would, I would rather take the chance of getting it. Yeah, you're gonna pay a little more, but that's what you pay for for at least the 
assurance that you're not getting sold something with chucked rods. Also, Theo says, Midnight, would you recommend buying an engage for a Coyote Swap or how would you go about it? Yes, if you can find a Lund Racing engage or a never married, which is impossible to find, never married HP tuners engage, we can absolutely tune your swap with any of those. Tell me what to buy and I will buy it right now, says Michael Kennedy. If you're building an all-out performance application, can't the argument be made that 11 to 12 block is best because it's bigger head studs? Yes. But then what are we doing? If you're buying... Yes, if you're going to buy a motor that has that you're going to go all out with, you're either going to get a Predator block or a Gen 1 block. But they're becoming hard to find because people know that they have 12 millimeter studs as opposed to the 11 for all the other ones. But the Predator block seems to be the king daddy of the Coyote variants. Are you going to boost it? Okay, uh, Alex, would you buy a used Gen 2 sealed Coyote stock motor? Absolutely. Sealed? Like nothing done with it? Nothing wrong with it? Like, if it came off of a car, like that one, where the air silencer and the sound tube was, sorry, the sound tube and the stock air uh, PVC stuff, P-positive, PCV stuff, uh, is going to the throttle body, I would do that in a heartbeat. Truviati would have been in heaven if he had accepted the job there. What a, I mean, what, you want to talk about a missed opportunity. Rob Bowen was going to do this show, a, a service, and hire Turvy. Bro, I built small block that's 900 horsepower cable is more than a complete Mustang drive chair with the same capability. Um, you pay for the thought of mine. Gen 5 Whipple or ESS for 50 Mustang MT82. I'll Kufa. I'll Kufa. Uh, oh, you're playing Habibi music for Arabs. Same shit. Um, <laughs> it depends on what you want to do. Depends on what you want to do. We saw C. Nardi race an ESS 10R with his Hellion 10R and only beat it by a car, which to me was a massive commercial for ESS. Wait a minute. At 15 PSI, you're telling me I can stick with twin turbo cars? Count me in. No reason to buy a Gen 1 unless you're building it. Thoughts on Franken 123 build? Um, the 321 build, did you mean? I don't know what Franken is. I don't know what the hell Franken is. Um, but I would. Okay, a Gen 3 bottom end, a Gen 2 head. Good luck finding Gen 2 heads. And Gen 1 timing components. You're going to need a Gen 1 computer to run that because of the timing components. The computer is directly tied to the timing components generation. Godzilla block. Leaving like a cat. Leaving like cats play tomorrow. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. It was used in a Coyote stock racing. Nope, I wouldn't buy that. Nope. Be Love you. I wouldn't buy it. Love you. I would not buy a Coyote stock motor from a sealed Coyote stock racing. Those guys run the oil low on purpose for parasitic loss. No, I would not buy that. Nope. Habibi drifting. Um, All out Gen 1 build or all out Gen 2 build. Again, I don't know what you're trying to do. Thoughts on Torque Storm Supercharger for Gen 2 Coyote? It's a centrifugal. You're, you already got ESS, Vortec, Paxton, and Pro Charger. Why do you want to introduce another one? What's in the best K-member setup for a swap? Fox. Now, Team Z is badass shit. I run UPR stuff. Never had an issue with UPR stuff. My Fairmont has UPR stuff. I'm going to buy UPR stuff for my notch. I was driving the notch today, and I'm like, man, this thing is, is quick. It just needs AC. It's just too hot. Or not AC. I just need power steering 
and wait for the weather to get cooler because it's just way too hot to drive that car right now. But I would get a complete front end from UPR, coilovers, a whole nine yards, but I'd look into the Cadillac CTSV brakes because I don't trust the brakes that I currently have on the car. I would definitely upgrade to the Cadillac CTSV Brembo style brakes. I think there's kits out there that you can buy. I would do that in a heartbeat. My classes, that's going to be tomorrow's plan. Swap all twos. Good, 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 good. Why are Gen 2 heads so rare? Because they're sought after. They, they flow so well. The Gen 2 heads flow a little bit better than the Gen 1 head. Um, they're boost friendly. Um, not that Gen 1 isn't boost friendly, but they're slightly bigger valves. So they're just a better overall head. And then Gen 3 has the stupid DI, which by the way, John Jr. posted something else on our group that posted something on the Lund Racing Group that I think you guys should, if you're part of the Lund Racing Group, you should read that and see if that's something that you want to do. Can't wait for the Gen 3 boosted build videos. I'm going to do NA tomorrow. Drop that tomorrow. Manual. Then I'm going to do boosted six boosted 10 or 80, and that video is probably going to be 30 minutes long. I'm really going to buckle down, take my time, and go through every combo that I think is best suited for what purpose. So I'm going to I'm going to dive deep into Gen 3 10R80 build series boosted to cuz that's the most popular. Manual stuff Gen 3 is not popular and the reason it's not popular is because Ford gypped you on the gear ratio. The gear ratio on the MT82 D4 transmission is awful. The Gen 1 and 2 MT82s had way better gear ratio. Like, I would rather those gear ratios end up on uh, Gen 3 stuff than what they currently have, but I'll concentrate on the 10R80 stuff. Better just do a 311 build. That's what I'm doing. Yes, Gen 3 bottom end, Gen 1 head, Gen 1 timing components. Thanks, just saved me thousands. Yes, B. Lavesh, I love you. And I'm sorry if I screwed over the guy who's selling you this stuff, but they are racing those motors. Like, wah, and they're running a Coyote stock tune. And have you seen the cold airs that they're using? They're using Gen 1 cold airs. I guarantee those guys run it slightly leaner, trimming out 10% fuel and low on oil. No telling what that's doing to the inside. No, thank you. What well, weight and horsepower generally will allow a stick shift S550 into the 4s 6130? Boy, um, I saw an S550 Gen, Gen 3, I'm sorry, uh, GT350 with about 900 rear wheel horsepower, 3,500 pounds, but it had 315 gears. That's right, because it revs to 8,000 RPMs. So he only did two shifts. So a GT350 with 3.15 gears, Hellion sleeper kit, 3,500 pounds, went 389, if I'm not mistaken, or 40, 60 to 130. Um, do you think a sub 3,200 pound car S197, 950 can go eight? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Freaking with my Fairmont did. My Fairmont's 3,500 pounds and it made 871 horsepower and it went 870s. Should have just gotten a Pookie Mobile to slide on the ops. Best converter for a twin turbo 10R, 62, 66s. You got to hit up circle D. Circle D. Wait, you want to avoid a trans brake with a turbo? You want to avoid a trans brake with a turbo? You're going to try to foot brake your way into a good 60 foot time. It's possible, but you're leaving a couple of tents on the table if you don't do trans brake stuff. Are Boss Gen 2 better heads than Gen 2? I think they're about the same. They're just CNC'd, the Boss heads. You can actually feel the grooves 
on the head. The big vortex coyote parts uh, house made it made okay. The big vortex coyote parts house made a video saying not to buy ESS because Paxson Vortec employs Americans. Why can't Vortec Paxsons refresh their product line? Right, you're telling okay. So buy an inferior product. Listen to me. It's like saying buy Ford EVs because they're made by Americans. I would rather buy a Chinese-made Tesla over anything American EV. If it's just a better product, it's just a better product. If you're if if you are falling back on nationalism because Paxton and Vortec are made by Americans, Who makes the wheels that is on that person's car? Who makes the sensors that it's on that on that person's car? None of those are American. Do you have aftermarket stuff? Aftermarket pumps? Aftermarket sensors? Is it boosted? Are they American? Se- Stop. Stop with that Americanism bullshit. If the ESS kits can roll out making you know eleven thousand plus horsepower and save you fifteen hundred bucks, who gives a fuck if it's made by Americans or not? But Alex. That's like saying buy Harbor Freight. You do. You go to your garage right now. You got Harbor Freight shit. I got Harbor Freight shit. Stop it with this Americanism bullshit. Well, Vortec Paxons are made by Americans, so they're better. Actually, why do they keep losing to ESS cars? And why does the product look the exact same since uh, 2000? Like, how is ESS able to get the bracket to be so easily mountable, like cake. It took this dumbass, I'm a dumbass. It took me eight hours to install, tune, and drive out of that garage with an ESS kit installed. Stop it. Mohammed, I don't think I'm gonna do F1. Okay, why do you guys want me to do an F150 build series? Like, the F150 build series is gonna be like, repeating the 10R80 Mustang build series, but just with slower times, right? It's four-wheel drive, so it's going to 60 foot a little better. But if we're talking track times, what the hell is a 10R80 truck going to run that a 10R80 Mustang going to run? Take a couple of tents off. That's a 10R80 truck. So literally listen to the 10R80 Mustang build series and make it slower. But Alex, what about, I'm not going to go truck build series it's exactly like the mustang but four-wheel drive and a thousand pounds heavier like what what is i don't get it ess second lightest kit too what do you think about the 98 super stallion right i thought your fairmount was way lighter no it's 3500 pounds with me in it like sub 3000 nope 3500 with me in it german quality is badass depending on how much the over engineer wait wait a minute wait alfredo diaz so ess is made by germans so ess is made by germans and the parts house is saying, don't buy German quality because of Americanism? Are you... German? BMW, Porsche, Audi, um, Mercedes, McLaren. That's not German, it's English, right? So you're talking down on German engineering. Crazy stuff. Everyone is Harbor Freight Jacks. Nine out of every 10 I see are Pittsburgh or Daytona. Aldo is doing an F-150 build now. Yes, 21 and up F-150. 
Thoughts on an Illuminator for a swap. Does it use a Ford computer that's tuner friendly? Illuminator is a Ford motor with just rods and pistons. Like there is nothing, there's nothing special about an Illuminator. It might have beefier uh, oil pump gears, rods and pistons. Heads are the same. Cranks the same. Um, heads are the same. Valves are the same. It's just rods and pistons. Alex does not identify as an F-150. ESS, hosing weighs substantially less. Better materials and packs in a Vortec. Better routing, too. What your Gen 1 is best in your opinion? 2014, the last year. If you can find a late 2014, you might find yourself a motor that has Gen 2 heads. What your Gen 1 is best in your opinion? Going to boost the car? I already got that. No adding, no adding another lower pulley to the ESS kit is a winner, in my opinion. Right. That extra, um, like a Pro Charger, right? The problem with Pro Charger is the Stage 2 and up requires you to install an aftermarket pulley in the front to drive the supercharger, which puts axial, actual radial, radial load on the crank and the supercharger. So if you have belt slip, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to tighten the tensioner or make it more tension. And the problem is that, that you're actually making the crank and the blower get closer together. When in theory, you should have better belt wrap. But do you remember the old Vortec kits, YSI kits on Fox bodies? where they had actually a crank support, which was basically a center bearing with a turnbuckle that pushed away and took tension away from the crank. They Okay, I'm going to look it up. That was great. Alfredo Diaz. My bad. They are based in Norway, so Norwegian quality, which is still badass. Right. I Oh, shoot. I got to ship these damn covers. I'm sorry. I, I keep forgetting these damn covers. I got to ship them so I can get this guy his signed covers already no giveaways today i am still saving up because i want to make sure i give you guys good giveaways in august we just got to hear a couple of things from certain people and we should be uh on it better knock prevention as well germans are all right in my book if they make ess stuff right pro charger is ass pro charger is absolute ass fjg says can you fit the coyote in old 64 66 mustang without messing with the front suspension i don't think so i think you might have like an have to buy like an aftermarket front suspend front suspension I, I don't know who makes it but I'm sure it's not cheap because it's classic car shit. Kirk, makes a crank brace still, I believe. How long do you think Procharge Mustang is to my Mustang lifestyle would last? I mean, it depends on how much spark he's throwing at it. We've already told you the guidelines. We've already told you what pump gas tolerates. Mustang Lifestyles has no idea what he's doing when it comes to pro when it, when it comes to Coyote, pump gas, gas tolerance, and AFR. He still thinks 30 degrees on a GT500 on E85 is okay. Well, it's low compression. Who gives a fuck? Like, like, cylinder pressure is cylinder pressure is cylinder pressure. It's not like it's NA, 10 to 1 compression. It's 20-something PSI, 10 to 1 compression. Stupid. Um, Did an outage at the Bronco Ranger plant. I will never buy a Bronco or a Ranger after what I saw of some of the most undriven, laziest, and downright careless workers I've ever seen. Sending cars with issues. That's union culture. If... Union workers are not worried about their jobs go away because they're under contract. Do you think they're going to make a good product or do you think they're just going to phone it in? Now, that same person, if they're performance-based, if it's like piecework, whether, hey, last week you only pumped out five windshields, you might be fired. Oh my God. Don't you think there'll be a little bit of motivation there? Don't you think you'll be a little bit motivated to work a little harder? What is the motivation for union workers to work hard at car plants? 
Cog belts on the old Fox body kits. I wonder why Mustang Lifestyle only tunes Whipple boosted cars and not other boosted applications. Because you grab the literal boosted Whipple file and piggyback off of it. The same reason the West Coast has fast Whipple cars. They take the Whipple tune, change the injector data, fuel, and timing, and say they're badass tuners. What would cause a Whipple car long-term fuel trims to be negative 20 while cruising, but seen within five or six at what? Well, six Owen, that's a loaded question. If you're cruising and the mass airflow sensor is seeing a turbulent signal, fuel trims will wig out because fuel trims are not supposed to be steady. Think of fuel trims as trim on an airplane. An airplane, you set it to autopilot and you're setting the heading uh, to 10 and the and then the wings are level so they're the the command is level wings that's the command but let's say a little air hits it here or a pocket of air to here or he goes through a cloud well the airplane's gonna go like this so then the trim kicks in to try to keep it level that's how come you can tell when you're on an airplane and the autopilot shuts off that's how advanced computers are nowadays Every single time I'm on an airplane, I know the moment the captain has grabbed the stick and or the yoke or whatever, and he started manipulating it because it's like, it's very difficult, but they have to do that for the landing. The trimming the airplane is doing is no different than your fuel trims. Our command is this, this stoic at this RPM at this boost level or air load. If outside factors start affecting the commanded fuel fuel level, it will trim to adjust to that fuel level. Now, the only other reason is your math data is off. But at steady state, Whipple, sucking in turbulent air, it's probably trimming out a bunch of fuel because the math sensor sees a turbulent signal. That's the best that's the best way I could do it. And I know Tyler Phelps because I like to think that you guys understand how trims work on an airplane. I would love to, I would love to know that you guys know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to trim on an airplane. How can a gen one beat a Hellcat? Uh lightweight and boost. Done being slow, bitch. No cats. Uh oh. ID ten fifty X four level two. Getting Lun tuned soon. Sadly in Oregon, I have to buy E85 by the barrel of my house. P.S. Shout out to DNA for the four level two. That's right. Guys, use our sponsors. We got a header plug, ultimate header. We got a swap, swap plug, parts form, and parts like suspension, wheels, whatever. We got a transmission plug, caliber. We got a cold air plug, PMAS. We got race motive if you want to go roll racing, a parts house, DNA high performance, and the best shop in Puerto Rico, two auto solutions. Come on. And Kong if you want to do LSLT stuff. I've covered it all. Hey Alex, Gen 3 ESS G3X with a four level two with two 285 pumps and one ethanol. Oh, what pulley do you feel is starting to push things a little too far? 105. Because the 110 you can make 820, 830 in. The 105 you might be making over 850. And that's in my opinion when you start having issues with the bottom end. At any time it can let go. Yeah, look, I'm trying Mr. Uh, Matt 2011 GT. If you understood airplanes and how the trim stuff works to keep the the plane the 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 the, the wings level, 
and a pocket of air hits it and it affects it. So the trim really goes, oh, we got to compensate this time. We got to straighten it out because it really wigged out. If your fuel trims are starting to see turbulent air and the math data is correct based on the logs that you received from your tuner and you, uh, or the, you, you sent to your tuner, theoretically, the trims should always move. Everyone goes, hey, my trims are all over the place when I'm cruising. Let me see your cold air setup. And it's a trompeta sticking out of the hood. And I'm like, what do you think your trims are going to do? Stop it. You can tell when the Ocean Gates autopilot turned off. Hey, yo. Uh, I know what you mean, Kevin McAllister. I know what trims are on an airplane and a tune. There you go. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, I thought an injector might be sticky. Meg Kennedy says, I actually fly. I've been a pilot 35 years. What do you need to know? <laughs> You're good. Because senior's going to just talk airplane stuff nonstop. Scott says, I'm making 773607 on a G2120. FIC is four, four return systems. ESS is the absolute cheat code. I don't understand how people can sleep on ESS if it's keeping up with, um, if it's keeping up with twin turbo cars. Like 15 PSI on a turbo car, like a Hellion sleeper, and 15 PSI on an ESS, they're like within a car and a half of each other. Does DNA offer brawler carbs? I think they have Holly. I think they have Holly stuff. Should an S197 get a bigger tire in your opinion? I, I, I don't know what you're doing, Steve Martin. I can't just give you blanket answers like that. Do you have a DPF delete plug though? I do not. Why does everyone want to have... Beat a Hellcat, NA. I'd rather gap them with boost, right? I'd, I'd like put boost in it. Best gear ratio for roll racing, MTV2, 331s, in my opinion. How much do you think a used Gen 1 short block costs? I just told you. Parts Farm selling trans and engine for 7700 So I would say the engine alone, take about 1500 bucks off for the MTV2 or 1000 bucks off for the MTV2. Tyler Phelps says, always weight, altitude, a thousand different variables they adjust for, right? Right. They're always trimming. Your fuel trims are always trimming. It's not like it's a... Like, people look at the AFR gauge and they freak the fuck out over the AFR gauge. Oh, my God. The AFR gauge is moving, Alex. It's going between 14 13.7, 14.0. What's wrong with my car? Nothing. It's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Why do you think it should be super flat on the AFR gauge? By the way, that's a dummy gauge. Look at your fuel trims. Forget AFR. If you really want to freak the fuck out, start looking at your fuel trims. You go, oh my God, it's all fucked up. Um, as an air traffic controller, maybe it's me. You feel Alex Hale. Like air traffic control stuff is great. Like you have to talk to them a certain way. And depending on how they woke up that day, they can talk to you like an asshole or make you wait or put you up and down at altitude. Like, you know, they could just be assholes. Ah, go around on 210. Give me, give me two 500 feet, 2,500. And then you got to say your calls or your, 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 transponder whatever your calls not call sign because that's like army shit or air force shit but your your id you got to say you know victor delta 740 you got like you can't say v74 they just freak the fuck out maybe depending on the air traffic controller mendoza County says and ESS 10 speed and a hellion twin turbo 10 speed were banging doors only after a hellion car was given the hit since the turbos couldn't spool oh no really really so he got the hit. You know what was the most impressive thing about, about that run, Mendoza's Coyote? And again, nothing against Cinardi, his car won, but the ESS car stopped its pull. See, a lot of you guys see a race, and let me take the sponsor thing off, because y'all need to see this visual. A lot of you guys see a race, right? Oh, shit. And two cars. One, two, three, boy, and that's it. And then you go, 
and this car is starting to catch up, but then the race is done. Which one's making more power? Well, maybe this one had a little more torque in the favor. Let's say a C6. Perfect example. Every C6 ZR1 and every similar horsepower Mustang. C6 ZR1 is out by two cars. One, two, three. Whoop, wow! And it stays there. And then the twin turbo Mustang's like, whoa, 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 whoa. So on that run, the ESS car 15 PSI versus the twin turbo, uh, uh, Helling twin turbo car 15 PSI, twin turbo car was out, whoop, and ESS car stopped the pull. It went, what? And it stayed there, meaning I'm making more power because it stopped the pull. He lost the race, but I know which one's making more power because he stopped the pull. I heard someone say that they lost because the other guy had a custom Luntune versus them having the canned Luntune. Oh my God. They, no, no. He had the exact... If he had the same mods, he had the same tune. It's just people saying some dumb shit. That's all it is. They say flight name followed by altitude and speed. Gotcha. I hate folks bugging me with Lambda between 95 and 105. They say it's good, but they keep tripping. Chill, bro. Like ACO4233 at 450. Exactly. Alex, my car has a dozen different pillar gauges. Which one do I look at? Hanging out with the passenger side of the best friend's ride, hollering one, two, three. A lot of Coyote guys don't let it sink. Correct. I saw a guy the other day said, this is my new, my uh, this is a new platform to me. I'm going to send you a watt log and see how it's doing. He was shifting at 6,500. I said, uh, sir, you can take this bitch to 7,700. He goes, what? I go, yeah, let that bitch go to 7,700. He goes, damn, it feels good at... It feels good at uh, 6,500. 6, then I get a log back. They go, oh my God. Those, those extra thousand RPMs are life-changing. There's C-Nardi. Getting multi-tune rolling anti-lag should make a huge difference. Oh, Nardi. You're going to beat him by three cars. C-Nardi, if you get multi-tune anti-lag and get it get it dialed in, that car is going to be like, and it's, the moment you let go of the button, it's going to jolt you forward and it's going to grab the next gear. That one car pull that you had is probably going to end up being three or four. It's going to be pretty, pretty crazy. <laughs> 2000 MCR. I love it. Matt 76 said that two turbo had dumps and made 50 PSI was cooking. That ESS car was only 100 millimeter standard non XG3 with full exhaust mufflers. I get it. I get it. I get it. I know. And it's a base Hellion kit. I get it. The ESS keeps making power the more you rev it. My dyno, my dyno graph was like up. And usually turbo graphs up and then flatten out. Unless you have infinite boost commanded to it. Matt 60 is 100% on the money. I wonder why Matt, Matt 60, Matt 760 doesn't get an ESS on his car. Like, why don't you get ESS on your shit? Are you still fucked with NA bullshit? You're talking to people that sit, say their E85 is testing E70. They don't understand. Then again, neither do I. Elva Galarga says, Nah, Alex, don't tell them to look at the fuel trims. You don't need those headaches. Uh, custom Luntune means he wasn't... Telling people about the 75 shot he had coming through the second sound tube. Um, I shift when the dash turns red, which is 6850. The car shifting at 6500 was a manual, I bet. Absolutely. Um, can't see the comments on screen. I just fixed it, brother. Bitch, you forgot to put the chat back up. It's up. It's up. Relax. Relax. Jesus Christ, relax. I got a lot of stuff going on. Not only do I have a social media manager, but now I need like a producer. Because I want to just be able to just talk. Like, yeah, you guys ever watched Timcast IRL? He has a producer and he has like three people, but he like runs the show. I'd love to do something like that, but I hate people and I don't like paying people. So that's not gonna, 
I don't make enough money to pay people. I make enough money to have like cool cars and like live in a okay apartment. It's not bad or good. It's okay. Looking at houses today is depressing as shit. You want to, you want to be depressed? Start looking at houses. I looked at a house up in Fort Pierce. Beautiful, big two car garage, $389,000 was gone in 10 minutes. Literally posted. I asked about it. Refresh the page, set on the contract. So they've over, they were already talking. I think there's some kind of legal stuff that says, well, you got to post this. Um, did you ever have to make, okay, did you have to make any dead changes or air bleed changes to the car since install? Believe it or not, slow 99, air bleed. Just a little adjustment on the air bleed and the air fuel mixture, nothing else. On the money. A 750 is on the money on that setup. Might, uh, might, might only need a 650, but leave it alone. One man bad is the way to go. You don't hate people. I do hate people. Banned. I'll do it for free. Can I crash on the couch though? No. Alex, isn't the fascination with any power is a lack of parasitic systems and pure power back-to-back pull don't heat up. But that's stupid. That's stupid. I can get an ESS car with a 100 millimeter pulley, air-to-air intercooler, like a G4 air-to-air. Go watt. Air, air temp won't go past 105. What'll get hot is the trans. See, that's the thing people don't understand. Jersey 5.0, your transmission gets hot. Yes, just because your car is naturally aspirated doesn't mean it's not going to have diminishing performance with back-to-back-to-back runs. You get trans temps really hot because it's in that gear longer. When an ESS car goes one, two, three, wins its race, you can go one, two, three again and, and, and be a little less stress on the trans than going up to 160 and like an 11 or 12 second run. So in my opinion, NA is still ragging out your driveline. And if the car sees high trans temps, hey, oh, transmission temps, it's going to pull timing. It's going to throw some torque sources. So just because it's NA doesn't mean the trans doesn't wig the fuck out. Yes, Monty, once the weather cools down, look, I want to buy slicks. I want to buy some 28105 slicks, put it on the notch, do some testing on the street, get it to the track, run the 10, because it's going to run a 10. And then get a 150 shot on it. I can't do any testing right now because there's no track near me. It's dead of summer, over 98 degrees all the time. It doesn't make sense to take it to the track. I'm capping 93 with 79 millimeter pulling until I get a, a FI kit for E85. Oh, fuel system. Hey, Alex, what's gay or LS swap or 2J swap fox? There's nothing gay about a 2J swap unless it's a stock 2J with nothing done to it. That settles it. I'm getting a brawler. You convinced me it's about the apartment. It's not about the apartment. It's the couch. Got it. It's the bed. What's the best intake for a Boss 2 engine? Same Boss 2 intake is going to swap for 05 GT or I can go with the 20 intake. In- okay. If you can make a 2018 intake fit into a Boss 302, that would be awesome because it's an OEM fit. I can just tune it for a, 20, a Gen 3 intake and it has OEM design, just a bigger MAF housing. Absolutely. My DCT gets, gets hot as fuck when doing multiple pulls. Yeah, I notice the ships get really firm when it's warm. I have a theory, any guys are impatient and they can save the money, but want to keep spending constantly on parts, wanting to buy stuff. Would you recommend 305, 4517 or 315? The car I mentioned, I might pay chat earlier. Jay Bruce, depend how much power it makes. If it makes over 800, 315s are going to be real good on the street. You need like over a thousand wheels to justify 315, 5017s. <clears throat> Riley says, Alex, 125 or 120 for ESSG3 pump gas. Gen 3 car, 120 millimeter should be fine. If the air density is 4,000 in your area, you can go 115 if you want. Um, Mickey Thompson, ET Street R's? No, Mickey Thompson drags. 
that card likes a bias ply. If you guys know anything about Fox Bodies, bias ply is the cheat code on those cards. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys. What trans does it? What transcend does it start taking out timing? It doesn't take out timing. It just runs. It just throws torque sources and actually starts shutting throttle and literally potentially just neutraling out. It doesn't pull timing. We talked swap heavy stuff today. I appreciate you guys. Old school show where I just throw information down your throat. Old school stuff. I had a lot of stuff on my head, so I wanted to make sure that I got some swap specific information out there. So on the replay, you can listen to them back and go, I didn't know that. Maybe I have a question for next time. We'll get back to the silliness and shenanigans back on Thursday. Be on the lookout for a Wednesday night video. We're going to talk Gen 3 manual uh, NA builds. Then we'll start messing with Gen 3 boosted stuff. I think you're going to enjoy that video. I'm going to try to do it justice by adding a bunch of combos just to shove it down your throat because that the Gen 3 10R stuff is by far the more popular subject matter on those series. Thanks a lot, guys. A lot of information moving on today. Hung out for a little bit. Good old old school show giving you all the information we can. I'll see you guys on Thursday, 8 p.m. with YDBT Daily. And tomorrow, be on the lookout for the manual. Oh, manual Gen 3 NA uh, builds. All right, guys. I'm out of here. See you later. Bye.